It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Swing high from ball! Go to right center! And the Braves have won it! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. A walk-off homer from Freeman, and the Braves win it! He is! Braves win! Braves win! Braves win! It's a walk-off! Acuna sends us home! Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Braves Digital Media Content Manager. Uh, alongside, in his office, directly from his HQ here, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. And we're, we're, uh, we're taping this week's episode in two places we don't normally uh, do our recording. So, obviously, I just said we're in your office, which is, which is nice. Uh, it's a little smaller than the space we recorded our interview with, uh, with none other than Bob Horner, Braves legend Bob Horner. We had him on the plaza stage uh, before Sunday's game against the Pirates, which great series against the Pirates, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, but we had him out there on the Georgia Power Pavilion and uh, had folks out there live, live taping of the podcast, which was very cool, our first time out there on that stage. I can tell you this, I was, I didn't realize until we were like actually up there doing it and like I was holding up the microphone and talking into it and I was like, wow, like I can hear my voice. It's like it's booming all across the (laughs) the ballpark. And then I was, then I was realized afterward it's because they were playing it live in the ballpark. So that's why. So it was booming very loud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that was, that was a lot of fun. That was a new, uh, new twist for us. We've had, we had Bob on a couple years ago, so it was good to see him again and good to see it was very cool to see especially guys that were it's you know bob hasn't played for the braves or in the big league since the late 80s and it always it warms my heart to see when those guys that haven't played for a few decades now and they still the fans are still showing up and still just want to say hi get an autograph a picture whatever um it's like i remember a while back you and i were talking about uh Steve Avery, hmm. and it might have been we had him on early on when we started doing the show. First taping, I think. as our first taping, yeah, one of yeah, one of the first besides you and me, yeah, <laughs> me just sitting around talking. That's the lost episode that's still still in the vault somewhere. That's right. We'll sell that as an NFT or something. <laughs> um, uh, but I remember thinking, you know, it was still cool that like at that time they were still selling Steve Avery jerseys in the clubhouse store and all that, and so. I just enjoy seeing that the guys that uh, they haven't played for a while, but the fans still remember them mm. and still appreciate what they did. And I, I could see, you know, when we were done taping with Bob, uh, some fans came up. Actually, it was really cool. An older gentleman wearing, um, I believe he was wearing a Hank Aaron Indianapolis Clowns jersey. Wow. Which was really cool. Had some cool patches on it and stuff. And he came up and I think just 
shook Bob's hand and I think got his autograph or something. Mm-hmm. So that that warmed my heart and uh, and it was good to have Bob. Bob's got a good personality. He's a he's a fun guy to be around, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's uh, one of many characters that we have <laughs> on the alumni list. But it's great to see him interact with some of the guys from his era. So Gary Matthews was with with us, Craig Skoke and um, some of the other guys that those guys. Uh, played with so it's fun to see them interact and hang out and uh it's always good to see bob he's i never you know i didn't didn't play during his time but i've all i just heard stories and then just get to be around him get to know him it's been a lot of fun he really enjoys coming back to braves country of course he lives out in texas travels a little bit during the summer so he really doesn't have a chance to interact with our fans and and kind of get back and uh be a part of what's going on here so i love bringing him back i think the last couple years it's been alumni sunday fantasy camp we had him down which he absolutely loves and still talks about uh how being able to coach and hang out with the campers down there he really had a good time i could see him thriving in that situation oh yeah yeah Yeah. he loved it so it may may not have been the year that you came you came in um 2020 i think he was there in 2019 if i'm not mistaken he still talks about that fondly but yes bringing him back and letting the fans interact and of course they all know bob i mean bob was one of those uh key figures just like dale murphy during the tbs years uh, in the 80s that that i knew growing up so it was a lot of fun having him here he made i mean he made quite an impact for somebody first overall draft pick goes straight to the big leagues uh, we mentioned I mentioned in the interview hit a home run in his first game. Mm. Then of course everybody still talks about the four home runs in in one game. Uh, you can you can still see the bat and the ball here at the Truist Park down in Monument Garden. Um, quite a career he had. I mean it's it's pretty. It, I like what you said. He was an integral part of some of those teams. And I know it was before my time, um, the '82 team. That, that did so well. Baby uh, Blues. The Baby Blues. I, but I, I do know from talking to some fans who who were around during that time that just how much reverence they have for that team and how much fun that team was and how much they appreciate that team. And I, after Murph, I mean, I don't want to start ranking here, but there's Murph, and I would think Bob Horner's got to be right mm-hmm. there in for the, the core of that, that team that uh, that's, yeah. still such a, that's still such a part of so many Braves fans' hearts. Mm. Yeah, Chris Chambliss was mm-hmm. there. Bruce Benedict was he Bruce there Benedict, time? Claude L. Washington, Rafael Ramirez. Um, trying to think, uh, Rick Camp, and um, you just had Pasquale Perez. Some some unbelievable characters, right? Uh, Gene Garber. I feel like every name you're listing, like I don't know if you follow on Twitter, um, Super Seventy Sports. Mm-mm. So it's basically just that it's exactly what you think it is, where it's just pictures of uh, sports sports pictures from the back back in the day with some colorful commentary to go along <laughs> with it. But I feel like almost every day there's at least one of those guys that you just yeah. mentioned that are pictured on there because it's it's just all throwbacks and it's it's those oh, yeah. guys in those uniforms they're all just good oh classics. Gosh, yeah, you know? Al Herbosky and um, I don't know. There's just of course you know Steve Bedrosian came up with us. Um, traded away but, and Brett Butler was another name that, that came up with us mm-hmm. so uh, yeah those, I think back at that time of course for me understanding that Don Sutton you know Skip Carey Pete Van Weeren um, Ernie Johnson Ernie Johnson right those guys uh, and even even uh, Daryl Daryl Chaney who, was, who did a little bit 
Tom Pachork, some of those guys that were here. That and then Ted Turner. So all that is kind of grouped in the same pot with me because I would come home from school, and I've shared with this on the podcast where you know I had my knee problems, I couldn't play sports, so I would come home from school, I'd watch the Cubs, and then I'd watch the Braves, and so I that is all my you know vivid in my imagination of I wasn't dreaming about playing baseball at that time because I didn't think I was ever going to get to play, but but just watching it and just being fascinated by wrigley field and and uh listening to skip and and all of them um you know because i grew up in a football town so it wasn't much but that tbs really brought it for me kind of being fascinated by major league baseball and and then of course getting to watch them play and yeah uh some some good team the 82 team was phenomenal 13 in a row and and then, of course, Bob was, you know, with the gold, the Goldilocks, the the blonde hair, right. and the blue uniforms. Which, you know, I don't know if we were a fan. A lot of people talk about Tennessee, their orange uniforms, but those blue ones were just as <laughs> cutting edge as uh, the softball uniforms, right? Of course, a lot of teams were wearing them in those days: the Reds and the Pirates. That was uh, kind of the thing. The the '66 Spaceship Stadium, right? And yeah. the uh, and the softball uniforms was kind of the, the keys to the early '80s. I still think we should once, maybe once a year, bring back the uh, the baby blues. I'd be okay with that. And you know what? We I'm bring back it. everything. I, why not? I mean, it would be unbelievable. Yeah. Just it's, it should be part of '80s night. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, we do every other kind of night here. I'm why can't in. we do '80s night? I'm all. I in. mean, there's certain things you wouldn't wear. Bell bottoms. I mean, that's not something. That's '70s night. I, I'm not ready to bring back those. Of course, some people have, but I don't well, want to be wearing the, them. But for '70s night or '80s night, I think it'd be kind of cool. Platform shoes and I, being in the battery the other day, I was just just people watching and and which is just always one of my favorite pastimes. And I, I'm noticing. I think bell bottoms are starting to make a little bit of a comeback from what I'm seeing. Better than the short shorts. Don't bring back the dolphin shorts, but uh, wait. What are the dolphin shorts? You don't what know. Those? What are the dolphin, dolphin, shorts? dolphin shorts? Well, I know. As those, you can tell, I'm on the cutting edge they're, of fresh and The fashion. runners with the silk striped um, uh, shorts that runners would wear. They were like white uh, and blue. And um, who's the uh, the 70s and 80s icon uh, weight loss guy? Gene. Uh, oh, Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He wore he wore oh. them up until the uh, oh. two thousands. Okay. <laughs> but those are those are dolphin shorts. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah, we don't want to un- bring those back. Unfortunately, I know exactly what you're talking about now. So, okay, yeah, no, no need for those. Yeah, uh, but the uniforms. Hey, I'm I'm all with it. Yeah, I am too. There's so many classic Braves uniforms too. There's there's every day mm-hmm. I'll see on Twitter like people begging us to bring. So, uh, whichever one of their favorite throwbacks is. So hey, I do miss the the museum because it had the uniforms from like the 1800s hmm. all the way up until current day, and they would show you. And some of those wool, one of them was zippered in the front. Yeah, one of the They've Boston still got them uniforms. down there in uh, Monument Garden. Oh yeah, that's right. They yeah. just that's right, right. But they yeah. had the whole. They had a, oh yeah, they had yeah, a bunch more. I got. What they had like the that. original catcher's gear and and. Um, well, that's one thing I've noticed. Like I, I've been to, since this ball since Truist Park opened. I've been literally here for almost every single game that has been played here, aside except for a few where I had to go back and do some family things in Virginia where maybe I missed a couple. But basically, I've been here almost every day, and it occurred to me the other day um, that there's so little that I still don't know about my own ballpark here because I'm so used to going into the ballpark and then I go straight up to the press box and sit in my seat and that's where I work from all the time 
And so every now and then when I'm actually going around the ballpark and looking at stuff, it's like, oh, it's kind of cool because I'm discovering something I haven't seen before. And like, you know, in the different elevator banks, they'll have the different or the lobbies, they'll oh, have yeah. the different airs. And so some of right. that stuff you can see in certain elevator lobbies. Hank Aaron Terrace has some of Hank stuff up there, including the 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 bat and ball mm-hmm. from uh, 715. And so it's kind of a... It's, it's just a different way of presenting it, I guess, where there's stuff that's kind of spread all over yeah. the, the ballpark. More people see it. Instead yeah. Instead of having one place that everybody has to go to, they just walk by it. Yeah. Which that's I cool. love, but it was kind of neat to see it all because they had our lockers, actually. Right. I remember from, that. Um, yeah. From actually from Fulton County. I wonder what they did with that train car that was over there. Remember that, that was cool. I think they couldn't move that. I yeah. think they left it. I don't know what Georgia State did with it. But one thing I loved was Pasquale Perez's I-285 <laughs> jacket. They gave right. him a bomber jacket, right? right. Which we were just looking up the old Braves jackets, but they put uh, Perez I two eighty five on the back. <laughs> I uh, well, my boss and uh, somebody, one of your uh, fellow directors here, Greg Mize, uh, with the Braves. This I think this was my first year down here in twenty fifteen, where I'd actually gotten the job and was working with you guys. Where he uh, set up a camera in his dash and recreated the path that uh, that Pascal <laughs> drove that day, and then we yeah. did like a little time lapse of it, which yeah. is kind of uh, kind of funny. So to look That's back awesome. on that, man, the days before like smartphones and GPS and internet and all that. Huh? What did we do? I'm just old enough, sadly, on this. So I was just old enough that when I first got my driver's license, I I did have an actual print like atlas in my back seat. Mm, yeah, just oh, yeah, with yeah, yeah. you know maps. For those younger folks, this was a thing that has a the book maps of maps. Were the worst. You could never get them back. Oh, you'd unfold it, and it'd, it'd be it'd be like the size of a basketball court, and then yeah. you can't get the back. Talking through. about distracted while driving, try to read a map. Oh, I know. Driving. You have to pull over. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. You kids today have it made. <laughs> well, okay, we're veering off, veering off the subject here, mm-hmm. but uh, first of all, thanks to the folks that came out to uh, to watch us the other day with Bob. We had a had a really good time, and you know, I hopefully uh, hopefully it's not the last time we get to do some live taping out there like that. So. All right, well, without further ado, let's get to it. Here he is, Braves legend, Bob Horner. Reardon delivers. There's a fly ball, deep left center field, right looking up. He did it! He did it! Bob Horner has become the 11th player in baseball history to hit four homers in one game. All right, we are finishing up an unbelievable weekend, uh, Braves Alumni Weekend, presented by Ford. So we've had just a great time being able to uh, hang out with a lot of old teammates and uh, being being a part of this with you guys. So thanks so much for the for you that are listening inside the stadium and out here in the plaza. Uh, we have uh, had a great time. We got a special guest today. Ricky and I are uh, getting to hang out with uh, Bob Horner and. Bob has been on the podcast before, but uh, being able to do this uh, during Alumni Weekend has been a lot of fun. So, Bob, you had a great career, uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, number one draft pick by the Braves. You were one of maybe five or six guys that have ever gone straight to the big leagues uh, from the draft, which is pretty amazing. Didn't spend a day in the minor leagues. Uh, Just had a great career. So, uh, one of the things I want to ask you, something that I guess all of us as alumni deal with, is that we spent a lot of time playing the game of baseball and we, you know, got to play at the highest level, had a lot of fun, but it just seemed like it went by too quick. 
What do you think? Do you seem like it, I, I, sometimes I feel like it never happened. How about you? What, when you look back at your career, how, you feel like it went too fast? You know, baseball um, was a dream of all of ours to uh, be a professional athlete. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, what I use as reference, I say it's kind of like a dream. You know, you all fall asleep one night and you dream it. And then you wake up the next morning and your 15 years or however many years has flown by and, and uh, you have the picture, pictures and the memories, but it just goes by so fast. Well, I got a chance one time when I came into the Braves organization, uh, Bill Acre, our longtime traveling secretary, had this warehouse in the back and I saw some of the shoes that you actually played in. I'm thinking, how in the world, playing third base, it didn't look like there was a whole lot of comfort there. When you look at the, the equipment that you used, you know, uh, shoes and gloves and all the batting gear, I mean, did you wear batting gloves? I don't know. Some uh, At sometimes. times, most times when it was cold outside, we were playing in Montreal or New York in the uh, wintertime or whatever, but most time, uh, if I had one on, it would be on my left hand. Yeah. Well, you know, you see these guys decked out in all their gear, you know, the, the, down the armbands and all the kind of stuff, the protection. I remember Barry Bonds, when I was playing, it was kind of the first person to really kind of put that stuff on to protect himself. Did you guys have anything like that? Yeah, well, you had enough bruises that kind of protected you anyway. You didn't need uh, or didn't felt like you needed to wear paraphernalia to protect yourself. So, you know, it was just the way it was. Well, Bob, you were so many accolades in your career. I mean, Rookie of the Year, All-Star, uh, Golden Spikes Award winner, College World Series Most Outstanding Player. Is there one thing from your career that kind of sticks out above the rest as far as all of those accolades go? Yes, uh, no question. 82 uh, championship year, we won the uh, NL West. Um, that was back in a day where we were us, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants. I mean, we were having to fly to the West Coast, seemed like every other weekend. But to win then and, and have gone through the trials and tribulations that the Braves did back then was so fulfilling. Uh, individual stuff that all comes, you know, uh, and, and, and wonderful things. But to win and to win that championship was by far and away the most special. Absolutely. Well, Greg brought up that you're one of the few guys that have ever gone straight from college or the amateur level to straight to the big leagues. Your first game in the big leagues, you homered off of Burt Blylevin, is that correct? You got it right. Okay, have you ever talked to him about that? I mean, he's in the Hall of I mean, to homer off of a Hall of Famer in your first ever game, that's a pretty pretty big thing. Have you, uh, have you ever caught up with him since then? Oh, I, I don't know whether I've ever had a conversation with him about it, but, uh, but uh, I was this, you know, 20-year-old rookie coming up from nowhere and, um, you know, kept expecting to see a fastball here and there. Wasn't happening. So, uh, you know, then you just make up your mind. You look at breaking ball, and he threw it. Well, and he clearly had one of the best breaking balls I've ever seen. I mean, that was pretty amazing. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, so one of the one of the things I know you've talked about your dad before with us about you know the influence he had on you as a ball player, um, and then that first or second year at Arizona State, you know when when you felt like things were kind of tough for you, where you had to make kind of a mental adjustment. But were there any other mentors um, in baseball that that really impacted your career outside of your dad? Oh, uh, I mean, there's countless, really. I mean, that sounds trivial, but, you know, um, uh, my dad certainly, um, uh, my uh, high school coach, Coach O'Connor, um, my uh, uh, hitting instructor at Arizona State, Pat Keenert, um, uh, Jim Brock, the head coach at ASU. I mean, there's just so many people along the way that have really helped you, and there's, unfortunately, there's just too many to remember and too we need to count. So the first time we had you on Behind the Braves a couple of years ago, we talked about uh, the year you played in Japan and what a, what a great time you had over there. And I brought up how much I love the, the baseball movie, Mr. Baseball, which features Tom Selleck's character goes and plays baseball in Japan. And one thing I failed to, to ask you back then, in the movie, Jack Elliott, the, he shows up in Japan and the team presents him with the jersey number 54 because that's the number of home runs they expect him to hit. So I read recently that when you went over there, they gave you number 50 because that was the number of home runs that you were expected to hit. Is that true? Because I read it on the internet, and despite popular belief, not everything on the internet is true. So I'm just curious. It's absolutely true. I mean, they expected me to hit 50 home runs. And uh, uh, speaking of that movie, the first half of that movie is actually pretty right on. Okay. The last half they take a little bit of creative liberty with. Um, but uh, the first half of that movie, if you watch it, that's, that's what you go through. Well, uh, wrapping up uh, a great time with some former teammates, you said that you hadn't seen Gary Matthews in a while, and you guys were a pretty formidable uh, group there in the lineup, hitting a lot of home runs, and um, how, how has it been for you coming back to Atlanta? Obviously, you didn't play here. None of us really played here, but you know, we, we, there was a few of us that played to Fulton County and Turner Field, but what's it like being coming back, seeing some of your old teammates, hanging out, being able to catch up? Because I know Gary's a hoot. I mean, he we talk talk about uh, just we you and I didn't play together, but it's been great getting to know you. And so I love it that some of these other alumni have had a chance to meet you, and you've been able to meet them and and kind of continue this uh, this fraternity that we have. Yeah, it's and it's that's exactly what it is. It's a brotherhood. It's a fraternity of guys who who uh, bled together, you know, traveled together, lived together, you know what I mean. Uh, put everything out there on the line, and wouldn't change thing and uh, it's wonderful seeing the guys again I hadn't seen Gary in a long time um, for whatever reasons but it was good seeing him again and 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 chatting and Gerald Perry and just a lot of guys that you just don't see and it was wonderful it was this weekend was wonderful well, last question for me. I would be remiss if I didn't ask it, and I'm sure you get asked about it every single interview, but one of my favorite exhibits uh, in Monument Garden here at Truist Park is the bat and the ball from your four-home run game. Only man in the 1980s to have a four-home run game and only one of the few players that have ever done it in Major League history. So I know you get asked about it all the time, but with all the folks here, I just wanted to ask, what, do you, what sticks out to you about that day? 
Well, I had a good week that day. Uh, uh, you know, it was really uneventful um, and uh, got some good pitches to hit. Uh, the sad part about the whole day is we lost the game. And, you know, uh, when I reflect on it and people have asked me about it, it's kind of hard to get too excited about it. it you know, it's, it's fun to look back now, but then it was like, hey, we, we lost. Our job's to win. We lost. And, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, I mean, uh, uh, would have been nice to win the game. <laughs> when I talk to hitters, obviously me being a pitcher, I, 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 when I listen to other hitters and we all, t you know, watched you guys take batting practice, you know, pitchers would be shagging for you. We always could point out the guys that had a different sound coming off their bat. And when I talk about guys that played with you, they definitely pointed it, they said that you, when you took batting practice, the ball jumped off your bat, you had a different sound. What was it that you did, or, or if anything, was there something growing up that you did that allowed you to train to make you such a power hitter? You know, what was different about your swing? Was there something that happened that your dad taught you, or a training technique, or something like that? Well, my dad taught me to keep it simple. Because that way, when things break down and you're not you're not hitting as well as you'd like, it, it's easy to go back when you keep things simple. The more, you know, you've got your hands going in one direction, your feet going in another direction, you know. Um, so it was easy for me uh, to go back to what I knew and was comfortable for me. And so you you just don't have those slumps. You know, I mean, now we all have slumps, but but uh, I say keep it simple. Keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, that's pretty good for just a life philosophy, right? <laughs> all right, that's so right. my last question. Uh, I get this a lot just from being around a lot of uh, ball players and, and fans, and they always want to know, what's the greatest prank you ever saw? Because you guys, I know you did some, and I know you're a prankster. Well, you didn't have to do it personally, but what was one of the greatest things that you saw that, that's maybe PG? Oh, uh, <laughs> now that hurt. The PG thing hurt. Uh, Oh, gosh, the things you see, and you well know, the things you see and witness, uh, both athletically on the field and, and um, sometimes off the field, but uh, you marvel at, and you, you wonder, you look at it, and you say, how could he do that, you know? How did he make that play? And, um, and it just becomes a... a a natural thing. You see things like that all the time. And if you watch the Braves today, somebody's going to make an incredible catch, incredible throw, you know, um, hit a pitch that you said, there's no way he can hit that pitch. It's going to happen. And it happens every single day. Well, we obviously love the game of baseball, and we've had just a great um, opportunity to see a lot of baseball over the years, and we now get to uh, be a part of a, a great tradition of players and organization, and I couldn't be prouder to, to run the Alumni Association for us, have guys like you come in. We appreciate your time being a part of Alumni Weekend. If you like uh, what we've been able to do this weekend and you'd like to hear more stories about uh, Braves legends then follow us on uh, 
uh, Behind the Brace. You can check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. But uh, for Ricky Mass and myself, uh, we look forward to a great game today. Go Braves. Go Braves. Our thanks again to Bob Horner for not only joining us on Behind the Braves, but uh, being willing to be our guinea pig for the first time on uh, on stage, live taping in front of folks. So I don't think he's too bothered by too much of anything from what I He's a pretty calm, cool, collected fella. So uh, we really enjoyed that. Uh, hopefully the sight of us didn't... didn't uh, deter you from ever wanting to come back so <laughs> we weren't wearing dolphin shorts if you if you ever come is that what they're called yeah we were is that what we were talking about in the intro dolphin mm-hmm. shorts okay all right okay well uh we won't have dolphin shorts coming up in the plaza this summer uh at least not greg and i wear them i can't i can't speak for every i mean it's, anybody can show up um, but we will have alumni sundays continuing and we've got uh i love what you i love how everything you do with the alumni program um be it fantasy camp or alumni sundays or whatever you you do such a great job of representing different airs and bringing guys in from different airs so obviously we've been talking about bob horner drafted late 70s mostly played and remembered for his time with the braves in the 80s and uh alumni sunday coming up here soon you've got a guy who i remember watching in the late 90s early 2000s kevin millwood he's going to be showing up right yeah, Kevin was uh, – he had a great career. I mean, he went on to pitch a long time. Yeah. Texas, Seattle, I think, after he left with the Braves. But he – Philly? Yeah, Philly, that's he threw right. A, did he throw a no-hitter for Philly? I think he did. Mm-hmm. So he was uh, one of the key guys um, late late 90s for us, 99, I think, World Series he was in. So um, Kevin's good dude. He lives up um, Flowery Branch area, I think. And – it, uh, his kids play ball, and he's been coaching, hanging out with them, and so uh, it's good. Good to have him. He he was thought he was going to get to get here, uh, get to be back for alumni weekend, but it just didn't work out. So we look forward to having him for alumni Sunday on June sixth. So hopefully everybody will come out and say hi to Kevin. Cool. I think if I'm not mistaken, and I'll I can look this up later. I believe when he was traded. Uh, to Philly, he was traded for a guy that you had uh, that was here for Alumni Weekend, Johnny Estrada. I believe that was a straight up one I for one trade. Right. Yeah, and then Kevin, of course, went on to keep on having success elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Johnny was an All Star here mm-hmm. in '04, so it's one of those trades. Good that, trade, worked yeah, out. Win, worked win. out, worked out for everybody. So that's cool. That's cool. That that'll be fun to have him here. And he's doing a Q and A. You said, yep, right? he'll okay. be out in the plaza with me, and cool. uh, we'll be hanging out there talking a little bit, and and uh, yeah, it's kind of like what we're doing right now for for alumni nice Sundays sweet well the good news is we are I see it at just not even just around here at the ballpark uh, just everyday life we are man we're getting back to normal around here and it's great to see and I hope I know we've got fans all over the world that listen so I hope wherever you are that it's things are if they haven't already returned to normal uh, I hope that they're getting there so it's been it's it's really warmed my heart and made mm. me appreciate it. I tell you I, it was packed this week oh it was all great games. oh my gosh even the Sunday game for the Freddie mm-hmm. bobblehead uh, we're, we're, which we recorded this episode with Bob that's as big of a Sunday crowd, non-playoff crowd, as I've seen at Truist Park in, in the five years we've been here. They were like, COVID who? I mean, they would oh, didn't know anything about where we've been over the last year. It's great. It, it, like it was a normal game from last year. It's, it's the year before. Yeah. No, I know what you meant. Yeah. No, it, it's just, man, it just, it, uh, it feels good. So if you haven't gotten out to a ball game yet, come on out and see us, man. It's, it's, we're back, we're back to pretty much back to normal. I mean, there's, 
look, there's still little things here and there that are that are different. But for the most part, if you come out to a ball game, it's going to be just like it was in 2019. Um, we're we're back to that point. I can say that. Just so. Need to start playing like we were in. Yeah. Well, we you know what we picked it up a little bit. Yes, we did. We we'll get to the part. We started looking like the the Atlanta Braves this weekend. So let's hope as we're sitting here taping this, we're gonna start a two game series in Boston tonight. So by the time y'all hear this, I think that first game will have already been played. So hopefully that was a hopefully that's another W. Hopefully we play like we played in Boston last year. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that was uh, that was a pretty historic game. Those the yeah the uh, the the three home run games from Duvall and mm-hmm. and Uzuna. Yeah. Let's let's just. Let's do some more of that. Oh, by the way, congratulations to Austin Riley, National League Player of the Week, named oh, yesterday. How could you not? How many my, home runs did he hit? My good, um, I don't know. Let's see, he had two two home run games this week. Grand Slam. He, Didn't he have a Grand Slam? Yeah, there were so many home runs hit. Um, I thought he had a Grand Slam and a two-run homer. You know, that's the good news game. is he, the good news is he's hit so many that it's it's hard to remember. He had one tape measure that I thought it was going to put a, w- a window out in the Hank Aaron Terrace. Yeah, that was an absolute bomb. Yeah, it's he and is, it was pulled. So I mean, right. you know how he's been hitting the ball the other way, right? And then all of a sudden, see that's the thing. Well, hit, hitters, I don't know if they realize this, but <clears throat> as pitchers, we realize it because we know that that's like a death sentence. When you, you get a guy driving the ball to right field, like Austin's been doing, and being patient, and then all of a sudden the pitcher's like, "Man, I can't throw the ball out there anymore. I better come in." And then, bam, right. he just drives it that way. Then you got the guys talking to themselves out there on the mound. That's the thing you don't they don't realize if the, the hitters could all just the one way you psych a pitcher out is if you just hit everything he throws away because he's trying to get you out of way because it's the hardest pitch to hit low and away is the hardest pitch to hit. And so you start doing that because even if you make a mistake, you're not going to get hurt out there. But if all of a sudden you start driving that ball out and hitting line drives up the middle the other way and you start hitting home runs the other way like Austin's doing, the hitter, the pitcher has no no shot. So what he does, he thinks, okay, well, I better start coming in. Well, now you're coming into a guy's sweet spot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to see the ball inside, and then you just react and adjust because you know hitter pitchers aren't used to throwing a whole lot inside, so they're not as accurate. So they they have a tendency to make a mistake. So and if you make a mistake in, guess what? You get hurt. Right. So now you've put the pitcher on the defensive, and you and he really he really starts talking to himself then. And so Austin has been listening, Chipper, you know, sights those guys down there because he has been patient. If you notice, he's been hitting the ball the other way, and then all of a sudden now he's just going crazy. And I hope it continues. You know, I, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, particularly with Chipper. I was talking um, with our pal Mark Bowman the other day in the press box, and I said, man. I wonder if I was like, oh, we were just talking about Riley and his his plate discipline and not swinging at those pitches mm-hmm. that he was, you know, wailing at and missing for sliders away like Dansby was doing. Right, right. And and I was just talking about just the the adjustments he's made. And I said, um, I said to Bo, I was like, you know, I wonder if he's been, I wonder if he's been working with Chipper a lot. And that's that's these are the results of that. And and Bo, I liked his point on. He goes, yeah, he probably has or he might have. He goes, but to me having that kind of plate discipline or learning it he's like that's that's all on the player themselves he's like that's something you have to work on on your own and he goes he's Basically, what Bo was saying, like that—that's a choice that Austin had. More, that's the work he had to put in himself to well, become he, that discipline. Well, he has to buy into it first, right? I mean, most guys are—you know—if they're dead pull hitters, they've got to hit the ball, you know, hit the ball out front, 
right? So if you think about the way the ball comes to you, it, to hit the ball here, you have to swing early, right? So if you mean you, out front? Out front, out front right. yeah. You have to swing and hit the ball out front for you to keep it fair. Mm-hmm. Now the ball travels at an angle out to outside to hit the ball out there. You can't swing like the ball's here. you got to swing when the ball's back here. Right. So it's that just, angle just for the folks of attack. List, just for the folks listening, you're talking about out front, but then if it's in the middle of the plate, right? Yeah, so as the ball, they call they call it letting the ball get to you. Right. So you can't do that with the ball inside because it'll you'll you'll be late, right? You got to right. hit the ball and hit it as it before it gets to the plate. And then as the ball travels away from you, if the mm-hmm. ball's further outside, you have to let the ball get into the plate. Right? Does that make sense? It does. So yeah, because it's, it's visual radio podcast. So, I can see what you're doing because yeah. you're making motion with your hands. You're going here, 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 yeah, but I'm like yeah, they yeah. won't be able to hear. Yeah. You. So yeah. But anyway, so we call letting the ball travel so you have to let the ball get deep into the plate Mm -hmm. in order to hit that out pitch that outside pitch if you try to hit the outside pitch like it's the inside pitch and you swing early that's when you swing and miss or you hit off the end of the bat Mm -hmm. and so you you need more discipline but you've got to buy into the fact that you're going to try to do that because if you don't buy into it, you you won't you won't uh, have the patience to do that. So you really have to. They used to tell us you need to think about hitting. See if you can hit the ball into the dugout. So if I'm a right-handed hitter, I'm going to try to foul the ball off into the first base dugout. So that's teaching you to wait back. You wait, wait, wait. Let the ball travel to you, and then you try to foul it off into the into the day. So that takes a lot of patience because you have to trust that you're quick enough to hit the ball when it gets deep into the plate. So you train that way. But before you ever train that way, you have to believe that that philosophy works. Mm -hmm. So even though Austin is training and going through the work, he has to believe that it's going to work because the tendency for every hitter is to get out in front and try to drive that ball. And that's what dead pull hitters doesn't take as much patience to be a dead pull hitter. Right, it's harder to let the ball, and that's what I used to love about Jeter is that he would jam himself because he was protecting that outside part. So he would the ball that came in, he would jam himself and foul it, or jam it and hit it back up the middle. Um, but so I used to love to watch hitters that, that could do that, and um, and that's what made Chipper such a great hitter is that he knew he was quick enough and he could hit that ball out there. He could not only hit it, but he could drive it out. And guys like Barry Bonds. He would just take his double in the gap away from him to left center, and then he would he would wait to the hitter to try to come in on the pitcher try to come in on him, and he would hit that ball out. But but he would the way he gave in to a pitcher is if they kept pitching away, he just hit a single or hit a double into the left left center gap, mm-hmm. and so then he would just wait for them to make a mistake, and then he would make them pay. But uh, there were guys like that, Larry Walker. Barry Bonds, um, that were good good hitters like that. But you got to buy into that philosophy that you're going to let that ball get deep into you. And it's a mindset because you're facing a guy like Tom Glavin. He's never coming into you. So unless you can prove that you can hit that ball away and hit a changeup away and hit a fastball away, he's going to eat you up all day long. That's why they call it, it plate discipline. That's right. right. So for to see a young guy like Austin do that, because you know Chipper's influencing him because that was what made Chipper such a great hitter. So if Austin's going to buy into that and he's going to keep working and and allow himself to take singles and doubles to the right side and then wait for that pitcher to make a mistake, we finally saw pitchers make mistakes or he finally got pitches that he could drive and he's so strong yeah. that he's driving them out on both sides. And that's why Acuna's so amazing because he can go right, left, center, he can drive it out anywhere. Well, 
Austin's just like that too. I was one watching Austin this week, and well, just on this tear that he's been on since uh, late April, I guess. Um, after he had that, they they gave him a day off late April, and he's just been on fire since then. I've been th- I was wondering, or I was thinking, like for you guys, you big leaguers, whether you're a pitcher or a hitter. There has to be, I would think, no better feeling than when you're in one of those grooves. Like if it's a hitter, they say he's seeing it like it's a beach ball. Or I would think if you're a pitcher and you're just, you know the ball, you know where you want the ball to go and it's going exactly where you want to go, how how you want it to go and all of that stuff. I feel like for those, I don't want to be cliche here and say in the zone, but like when you're on one of those streaks, that has to be like the best feeling when you go out there, whether you're at the plate or if you're on the mound, and you know you have full confidence that – if you're a pitcher, like the, I, this ball is going to go exactly where I mm-hmm. want it to go, right? There's yeah. nothing nothing better than that feeling, yeah. right? Yeah, complete command of your body, and um, unless you can do, it, and that's the, that's really my whole kick against this full effort pitching nowadays is it's just like your dad. I mean, he he could tell you there's no way you can drive a race car at a hundred percent. Velocity. There's no way. You will not be able to control that car day in and day out at full speed. You should always, especially going around a curve, right? You just can't do it. It can't handle it. Same as with your body. You have less control of a body than you do a car that you cannot control your body at 100%. And so if you're trying to do that, we always we know for 100 plus years, the key to pitching is location and movement. And so if you don't have movement, you better darn sure have location. Now, you can have location and velocity. Those are just as deadly combination as location and movement. But it's a lot easier because to get full velocity you gotta you know you gotta jump on a little bit well in pitching you gotta find where that sweet spot is that you can always maintain control and hit your and execute your pitches but have maximum velocity that's not that's not maximum velocity that your body can do or your arm can do but it's the maximum velocity that you can control Mm -hmm. so that's a that's a um you know there's a there's a uh what would you call an equation there that um that you've got to know how hard can i actually step into it before i start losing control well right now they don't think that way they just go full out i you know velocities first and then i'm going to try to control it well i just it just doesn't work that way so that's the only really the thing i have against it other than there are some health concerns but but i think these guys could be you could execute a lot more but their their number one priority is getting max effort and um and then that has its downsides but you know what the hitters are making it easy on them because they're they're doing max effort too and theirs is in a swing and their max effort swing is not allowing them to make contact but just a few times a game right now when they do it might be a home run but you know they're sacrificing the rest of their at bats right uh, in order to do that so that's why there's a larger gap between pitching and hitting nowadays than there ever has been understandable well i i will say this one more note on on austin um what could be a, kind of a cool thing if it happens uh freddie freeman was player of the month september 2020 acuna was player of the month right. for april austin could be player of the month if he keeps us up for another week maybe he could be the National League player of the month for may and wouldn't that be something to have a team have a, have players win 
player of the month three consecutive months and all different players. That'd be pretty darn That's cool. All, let's just do it the rest of the season. That'd be fine with me. Let's just, yeah, Ozzy, you get you get June. I'm all about dominating. Yeah, Dansby, you got July, you know, whoever. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just get, everybody just, gets one. Just put a name in a hat and say, all right, this is yours. You better get after it. I'm just putting it out You're in the You're going universe. back to the alternate site. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, we don't have any more. Yeah, no, we got we got Tui managing down That's there. That's right. Uh, okay. All right. Well, on that note, I think we've uh, we've rambled on long enough yeah, today. We solved a couple things. Well, yeah, we got it all figured out. So <laughs> tune in next week for your fashion <laughs> tips and hitting advice and pitching, and we'll we have it all here on Behind the Braves. Uh, thanks again to Bob Horner uh, for joining us, and thanks again to the or thanks to the good folks at Braves Vision. They handled all the the tech side of that stuff for us and sent us the the audio and video and all that. So we very much appreciate them them doing that, so that I wasn't up there struggling to figure it out and screwing it all up, which is. You know, which, which is what would have happened. So uh, for Craig McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next week on Behind the Braves. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at Braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.